I already I sent it Alex the link immediately. Oh, good. Immediately. Um, I want to welcome everybody to the oh, world. Judy, you are a real trooper. Wow. I want to welcome everybody to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. I want to welcome the Rubblers, the Ranthers, and the Truthers. I also want to thank you know, the numbers on the audio podcast have been really remarkable lately. And I want to thank everybody for that. I want to thank people like Peter Roth and Mandy and everybody that, uh, and of course, Ben Stein is just, it, they've been really great. Fantastic. So well, we're very happy to. Thank we don't you. want to spend the rest of our lives in obscurity. No. And I got to say something very interesting because I do know people in Washington. I know certain very influential people do listen to the show. Sure. And I, I found it uh, sort of remarkable that uh and yeah of course this could be coincidence but i sort of found it remarkable that the other night i look what i love about ben stein uh is uh well many things um, but but is your takes and your uh wisdom when it comes to i don't know how to the law and everything else and when you're discussing and please say his name the uh Russian guy that was executed. Navalny. Navalny. And you had compared it to what Trump is going through in America. I thought that was a really brilliant take on it. Well, you're very kind. I, I'm happy to say that Trump has not quite been executed yet, although I think the people at the Democrat National Committee would have, well, no, I shouldn't say all of them, but some of them would have no problem doing it. And certainly when they were doing it to Nixon, I think some of them wanted to do it. I think their goal was to destroy him, including ending his life as giving a flat line on his uh, charge. But what I said is breaking I, Trump's back financially. I'm sorry? Isn't breaking Trump's back financially very much the same thing? Oh, that's what Ben said. Would, yeah. would you really think that $400 million is a lot? Um, uh, yeah, I kind of uh, do. But he's okay, getting, well, see, that's because you're getting around, of course. Getting, but, Peter. And I, no, I know you are, but but that's on top of the two, um, the two findings in the E. Jean Carroll case. That, that is that is an and, amazing and they case. Going back for a third bite at the apple. That way, is so amazing. Okay, let's 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 just I, I, stick I, I, like glue let's on that. I just I forgot to introduce Peter Roth. He's got a new piece of the Washington Times. You can find him on uh, the Rough Draft at uh uh you can find him on fans only at the Rough Draft. You can find him on Truth at all over the Rough Draft and Rough Draft and uh or the Rough Draft or whatever. And uh to the people, yes, I am going through some medical stuff and uh uh that's that's very painful. And I uh, uh and very scary. So I just, uh, thank you, Peter. And Ben called me at about 6.20 and he said, I think it would be really good for your health if you uh, did the show. And I tend to take Ben's advice. And uh, I was like, you know, I think that's a, you're right. Let's let's do it. So uh, let's do it, do it. If, you, well, I, if I may respectfully say so, although you are much, much younger than I am. How old are you, Peter? I always forget. You're really young, too, right? I'm 50. Okay, well, so you're much younger than I am, too. Uh, way, 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 way younger. Um, 
I find it's good to be distracted from things that are bothering you. Like I have a lot of worries and so about money lately. And uh, so I find it's good to be distracted. I, I, for example, pick my nose sometimes when that happens. Because as my sister said to me long ago, you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. Uh, exactly. Thank you, Valanchez. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Karen Strait. And thank you all the new people. I have, uh, welcome to the chat. Feel free to say whatever you want. What anything you want. What I've, Any learned, thing. what I've learned from Ben is debate is the essence of America. And I just was, and my point was, I don't think it was coincidental that the next day when Trump was speaking, that the first thing he said, or one of the things that he was talking about was your take on it. And it's it's not a popular take to compare himself to, please say his name. And uh, Navalny. Navalny. I think it, uh, Peter, is that right? Is that the right pronunciation? Yes. And I know, Thank you. again, I know it turns some off, and but I don't know what it is. I've learned to take Trump figuratively and not literally. And uh, I always remind Republicans, always take him figuratively, not literally. And anyways, you guys go at it. Have fun. I want, okay, you, Peter, do you want to start? You're younger, so you can start as oh, a courtesy please. to your youth. No. Well, I thank you, Peter. I am astounded at the tricks and let's I say jokes, except they're not funny, that are being played on Mr. Trump. Now let, let's let's back up a little tiny bit. Before any of you guys had even heard of Trump, I had written a biting article about him for Barron's, which I used to write for all the time, about uh Part of one of his deals for uh, the bonds on one of his casinos, one of the casinos that run in terribly serious financial troubles, and uh, he was trying to bail it out. And what is he? He was the largest bond holder. And this is, as I recall, I could be recalling it improperly or incorrectly, I should say. And uh, he uh, he gave himself highly preferential treatment in the buying back in of the bonds. And I wrote about this in Barron's, and I wrote about how this was a violation of basic principles of fiduciary duty. And I, this is my recollection, it could be wrong, but either he called me or I called him, and he was really, really angry at me and said, you're a son of a bitch or something like that. And uh, I, I said, why? I said, I, I might be, but I, but why? And he said, because you said these very critical things to me and about me. And uh, I felt terrible about it, but I read carefully my article I'd written. I could not find, if there was a, a flaw in it, if there was it wrong factually or legally, I didn't see it. And as we both know, I am a lawyer and, and know a little bit about law. And uh, he got very angry at me. He's allowed to do that. That's the nature of free society. And uh, but also, anyway, he... put it in perspective, this was the mid '80s. No, it was the late '80s. But anyway, uh, but anyway, so uh, now some time, some considerable time has elapsed, and I see in terms of his success as a president, I am very happy about it as a citizen. Nowadays, it's a different world, and I think he's done, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, what's his name again, Mr. Putin, as my sister likes to call him. I like to call him Putin. 
has done some terrible things. And what's going on in Ukraine is just outrageously terrible. I don't like it. But that's one factor, a facet of his being president. Other facets, just as important, or I think this is important, are totally ignored in the media. This country is largely in chaos and something approaching civil war. And uh, that is never noted in the news, never, get, never gets any praise for it. And it's really, really important. It's incredibly important. As, uh, as my wonderful wife would say, heart rendering, that uh, he gets no credit for this great, great achievement of taking America and America, which was in, in, in which there was blood on the streets and uh, pulling it together. And that was a gigantic, gigantic achievement. I could not agree with you more. And Peter, what Ben just said, uh, it, it's uh, he's completely right. Republicans can't frame the message correctly, obviously, because they're just not great framers. But Peter, uh, what's going on in America right now is we keep on talking about is is, is we're as close to civil war as possible. But uh, I don't want to say it's close, but we're de pretty getting uh, we're a hop, skip and a jump, Peter. And uh, yeah, people are worried, Peter. So go for it. Well, I hope we're not that close. I mean, we, we're, we may be closer than we've been in a long time, but I hope we're not that close. But the main problem right now, as I see it, is that That's the Republicans don't, don't have a a a have leaders, even even Mr. Trump, who clearly articulate our vision for what America looks like in the future, what the what the problems are, how we fix them, what the pieces are. They they can talk about the forest but they can't talk about the trees. And there are too many Republicans out there whose message boils down to, gee, we ought to be in charge, not the left, because the left is bad. Okay, I'll accept that. But what are you going to do if we very put good. you in charge? Very good, very good. How are you going to manage the economy? What are you going to do about NATO? What are you going to do about Ukraine? How are you going to manage trade with China? How are you going to manage trade with Canada and Mexico? What are you going to do to enable the American energy sector to lead the world and have America be a net producer, a net exporter of, of critical energy materials to countries that need them and can't get them? You know, what's the plan? You know, or as Walter Mondale Where's said to Gary Hart in 1984, where's the beef? Wait a minute! I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a commercial. Yeah, it was a commercial. It was a commercial. Uh, That's my world, my friend. You were I mean, talking about was, Ben Stein. Was it, it was a commercial for Wendy's hamburgers, and it was <laughs> wonderful. But Walter Mondale used that line against Gary Hart to derail Hart in the primaries because Hart talked about the need for new ideas, but didn't identify what those new ideas were. That's a very good point. And, we're, and we Republicans, I think, should be asking ourselves and then uh, posing it to the American voter, what is our plan? And what you uh, articulated very specifically and very well, what is our plan for violence in the streets? What is our plan so that Americans walking home from work or from school or wherever they're coming from do not have to constantly look over their shoulder? Uh, or do not have to constantly look over their shoulder 
at home. I mean, it's a, it's just, I don't know, at least in my lifetime, and my lifetime is a lot older than, a lot bigger than your, either of your lifetimes. I can't think of a time where people have felt so frightened in their homes. Now, I have not graphed this or calculated it. There probably would be possible to do it. I'm sure it would be possible to do it. But uh, what do we do about those people who are so uh, scared, so scared of what happens to them when they get home from work that night? What do we do with those people? These we are love them. Thank you. We thank. We yeah. love them. We love you, fellow Americans. And we want to know, uh, fellow Americans, what are you going to be thinking of? When you, uh, I guess they don't have voting booths anymore. Maybe they do. I'm not sure. And uh, pull the lever. What are you going to be? Well, they don't have of? the lever, but they sort of have the booth. Pull the um, lever. Check the box. Whatever you do. I mean, Ben, you're absolutely right. And it's not just in the short term, but it's the long term. You know, when I was growing up, yeah. I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to buy for my family a house like my father bought for for his family. I mean, I'm I'm kind of competitive, and so you know maybe that's an OCD thing. But my kids are worried that they're never going to be able to afford a house at all. That's a very strong that's, point, and I hear that a, a lot. I hear that yes. a lot, Peter. A really so, lot. Again and again in in polling data, young Americans, young families are afraid that they are going to spend their life renting, and not owning, and not building equity in a home. And having a safe and um, sufficient sure. space in which to raise their children—that's a real problem. That's a that real serious problem. You know, you're you're both bringing up very good, obviously, great points. And I want to welcome, just because I think it's really important, I, Prof, Profba, whatever your real name is. Uh, I, you always email us. Profball. Profba. Profball. Yes, I, I'm glad you're here live tonight. It's good to see you. Uh, I think you're both raising great questions. I think the biggest thing. Ben, and you've witnessed this in your lifetime, and obviously you have too, is I I, I, I understand that Trump made, uh, for whatever reason, we need a good cheerleader again. And there's something to be said Ooh, about somebody. We had great cheerleaders yeah. at Montgomery Blair High School. And, but there's something to be said about making the American people feel safe again. And making the world feel safe again that we do not have. We need a president that does, that, does, that does not hate America. We need a president that absolutely loves America. And what we have found is we have a president, and we whoever that may be, that hates America. And a lot of your cures in life can be helped by positive thinking. And I'm not just trying to sound Pollyannish. But just the fact, on a, the most basic level, Ben, you telling me it'll be good for you to get on the show tonight. We need cheerleaders. <laughs> well, we, we are. We have to give Judah, Judah McPherson Friedman to get on the show tonight. So you'd be getting out of your head. But I, respectfully, I will tell you, when I was a child, I don't think any of us in high school or elementary school even considered it a possibility that we would not be able to afford a house. I don't. I don't think we considered it a possibility. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and and indeed, it has turned out to be a very much of a possibility. But I'd like to add something. As an economist, uh, it's not that bad, really, to uh, have uh, 
to to be renting. Renting is not a terrible thing. I mean, renting is a, a, a it's entirely possible to build a very meaningful equity in your life without owning a home. It's, I mean, it's very possible to do that by buying stock or, or by buying uh, mutual funds, which are another, another form of stock. There's nothing wrong with it at all, but there's tremendous a tremendous advantage to owning a home because you get gigantic tax advantages. Gigantic. Do you own a home, Peter? Yes, I do. Me and the and, bank. Ah, <laughs> well, I know that. I know that story, my dear friend. Boy, do I know that story. Oh, boy, do I know that story. Anyway, uh, yes, because you get the gigantic tax advantages, which is you own the home, you get the value of the rental, the rental stream pouring into you, and it's not taxed. And that's a gigantic advantage. You know, I want to bring up something. You're bringing up something else, too, that's very important, Peter. What he's bringing up is... You know, I was at the doctor today and uh, I'm trying to get to something done sooner than later. And uh, he he's a he's a Trump supporter, my doctor. And uh, I uh, I was like anything, anything I could. You know, I, I was like willing to barter my, you know, to to get this biopsy done quicker. But my bigger point is when you own a home, you're paying for property tax, right? Property tax goes to support the public schools. And how many people trust the public school education right now that their children are getting, Peter? And for people like, uh, you know, my parents, where they live in Burger County or in Ben, have the highest of the highest property taxes in America. So you're paying for your children and then you end up sending them to private schools. So you're paying for basically indoctrination with owning a home. Well, you're paying for not just indoctrination. I think, uh, well, I, as I keep saying, I'm way older than either of you. We were indoctrinated with love of America. I mean, and it was just taken for granted that we were the greatest country in the world. I always had been the greatest country in the world, unless you were an African-American slave. Uh, it was the greatest country in the world. And uh, that has really, really, really gone away. But it wouldn't be bad if we were indoctrinated with pro-American values. Unfortunately, we were indoctrinated with what I constantly call Bolshevik values, and they're nonsense. They're just absolute nonsense. And it's, it's terri terrifying what, what our children are taught. I okay, you don't right. agree, you, you, you agree with that, Peter? I, you know, right. I don't know what your schools are like. Are you I, in Arlington I, County? I, I'm in Alexandria City, and the schools are not great. I agree with you, but I also think that, that since COVID, parents are more anxious than ever to either force reform of the public schools or to get their kids out of them. Because if you remember for one second, how are you are you saying that you are in a in a uh, that you are in a city that is not also part of a county? I, I was unaware one, of that. one one of only a handful in the nation, yes. Alexandria City is its own demographic unit, I guess they call it. Okay, and, well I appreciate you letting me know not part of a county. Um, I appreciate you letting me know. There is a portion of Fairfax County called Alexandria, but it's part of Fairfax County. I am in Alexandria City. Anyway, I see. Okay, got COVID, it. parents want their kids out of the public schools because they, they needlessly shut the public schools down for 18 months at the insistence of Randy Weingarten and the teachers union. And she's now trying to muddle that 
um, to make it unclear that they were behind it. But kids lost learning time. And they don't very want parents serious. don't want that to happen again. It's a very serious consequence. The early studies suggest that the kids who lost that learning time may never make up what they missed. Um, I don't and, doubt it at all. I don't doubt it at all. But Peter, you're a smart guy. I, I hope I hope I may ask you this. Do you have children in the uh in the schools? No longer. Did you but have I children did, in schools? I I, I I did through ten years ago. My my last child graduated from what was then TC Williams High School and is now Alexandria City Public High School um ten years ago. Now, so question, do you think that you're, how would you rate the uh, education your kids had in, in the Virginia's public schools? Certainly not as good as the one I had growing up in Westchester County, New York. Um, I think that there are a lot of kids in Alexandria City who are allowed to fall through the cracks, as is the case in D.C., as in the case in Prince George's County and in Montgomery County, which you know well, and in Fairfax well, I County, knew, I all knew around, it was like a long time ago, all, all around, all around DC, um, I think that the public schools are more concerned about central office administrators and unionized teachers than they are about educating kids. I don't say that's true for every teacher. There are teachers out there who are heroic. Because every day they go to work fighting bureaucrats, administrators, rules, the union, and all they want to do is teach kids. I, I talked to somebody the other day who was one of my, taught two of my children in elementary school, and I had not seen her in years. And then we, we connected back up again socially um, a couple of years ago, and she's getting ready to, to retire because it's been the toughest year she's ever experienced teaching. She says, I still love teaching. I still love the kids. It's all the other crap I have to deal with. Like what? And that's, I think, the key thing. Well, like what other crap? Well, DEI, I would imagine, which is- Like, like DEI, like the rules, like the like the NEA's suggested curriculum and the, and the different special interest groups that are that are lobbying for special treatment of kids based upon their their demographic profiles and and who object to the use Who are of this you just saying that to upset me no i i think in alexandria i i believe it's very true in, no, in I, my dad ben i had a mother today uh, that i'm close to uh tell me that in her children's school it or no actually it was a guy he was telling me that his kids have to go through diversity training this week at school and uh please tell me you're kidding i, I swear to god and uh uh it, that's that's it. remember blinken came out yesterday right with the state department and said uh he doesn't like father mother you can't say certain please 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 don't tell me i i, I you have to be teasing me. no you, ben, have to, ben, ben, ben you know i'm not you have to be just doing this to upset me no, I, I would never do anything to upset you. I would tell you something. Wow. I would tell you a secret about Peter to upset you. Not uh not not uh the not uh, the uh what what Peter's talking about. Yeah. And this is a huge this is this this isn't just a huge thing. And I keep on saying this that and I will repeat this to the day I die. DI is the cause, it's not the symptom. 
Okay, it's the cause, not the symptom. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I, that I, with respect, but that that uh, with great respect, I have to say, I find impossible. I mean, surely, 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 surely. Uh, that idea of DEI came about because of uh, changes in the uh, mindset, one might say, or the attitudes of the parents in America. And, no. And the, no. no. Oh, I, I, I think that's, I, I'm sorry, but I think that's nonsense. I think no, DEI is coming from the academic nonsense. experts. Wait, he, he's, I'm sorry. I was saying, so don't he, say it's nonsense. You just disagree. I disagree. <laughs> it's coming from the act, the so-called academic experts at universities who came up with this crap, who are getting the unions to push it on teachers and getting special interests to push it on school boards and Democrats at the at the Department of Education who are pushing it on state education systems. That's where this is coming from. You know, do, do the DEI or we rescind your accreditation. But it goes, you got to take why, it. Where does that okay. come from? Okay, but let's you, take it back. That, that comes from that comes from Biden. No, 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 Biden's no, no, Department no, 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 party people. Let's take it back as Ben would say. Party, party. And let's go back historically. Okay. I got to fight for my right to party. We're talking. Uh, <laughs> it's a good Beastie Boys reference. And uh, let's take this back. This is 80 years of indoctrination starting at the college level at the university system that you had the Saul Linsky's, the Chomsky's and those people 70 to 80 years of indoctrination. This didn't, the, the, these people played the long game of how to destroy America. That, 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 that there is no doubt about that. There is no, we, the Republican, that old adage, uh, history is written by the winners. Well, Republicans did not win academe. And uh, we lost it. And that's where this is all coming from. They've written, li literally been, as you all know, have written the playbook on how to destroy America from within. And that's what diversity, equity, and inclusion is. It's destroying our country from within. It's not a symptom. It's the root cause. And why, why did people want to do that? Why would people... Why would people want to destroy America from within? I mean, America is great. It's fabulous. It's the best. It's a totally boss country. Why would people want to destroy it from within? Well, because, Ben, I, I wish there was... A, why were there communists in the, in the 50s in Hollywood? Why? why want to, want in the to 30s, destroy America in the 30s. In the 30s. Because sorry, it's, I can't... You want, I didn't hear. You want to destroy America from within... Because it's easier to destroy it from within than it is to destroy it from without. Why would they want to destroy it? It's great. Because, because they believe as that long, they, as long as America exists, they can't win. The collectivists can't win. The communists can't win. The socialists can't win. The people that deny the equality of man as understood by Jefferson in the Declaration, as long as America exists, they can't win. I, I just want to answer, Josh the Patriot. I, I, it, this, this, there, there's no simple words or explanation that's going to answer Ben's question. It's like, why do people hate Jews? We'll never have that answer. Why do people hate Americans? Why won't we? Why will we never have that answer? Well, because it's been going on for thousands of years, and I don't. As smart as uh, this panel is, I don't think we're going to have the answer uh, tomorrow. 
But to answer your question, man, uh, it, it's 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 pure self hatred. It's pure. Yeah, but that's a that's a restatement of the question. Pure, Why do they pure, have self hatred? No, no, I'm referring to the to the people that hate America. I don't know. I don't know the psychology. What came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know why Barack Obama, who we all, or George Soros's, or all these people, uh, are bent on destruction and chaos and on building. Whatever people want to say about Donald Trump, he's a builder. He's a builder. He's not a liquidator like Romney. He's not a destroyer like uh, like Soros. He's a builder, and people hate builders. They hate them. And why do they hate builders? I mean, builders because, build things. I mean, yes. that's uh, this uh, this thing I'm sitting in right now. I I didn't build it with my own hands, but it was built by my wife and and me when we bought this house. What's wrong with it? You know, it, it, Ben, go to the seven deadly sins. And, okay. And, and, and jealousy, envy, whatever whatever they are, the other ones are. But there's there's a certain there's a huge amount of jealousy and envy that I mean this is why we tell the story of thousands of years of how things got destroyed destroyed is because people live like that it, it's it's I I don't get it you don't get it I know Mr Roth doesn't get it it's easier to tear things down than it is to build them up and as long as you're focused on hating the other guy. For whatever reason, you don't have to look at the flaws within your own character and you don't have to fix yourself. It's always so much easier to blame the man for keeping you down because he's got his boot on your neck than to say, well, you know, you didn't pay attention in school. You, didn't, you don't get up every morning and look for a job if you don't have one. Um, your, your unemployment ran out. You're living on 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 handouts and and stuff it's always easier to say you know it's my fault i'm living this way it's so much easier to say oh it's that it's that guy that lives over in the fancy part of town it's his fault that i live this way because he makes all his money off of my hard work or when i'm working and the and the hard work of people like me and he's the parasite not me that's easy okay well that i hope and pray is your idea of a joke or not something else said to upset me that I wouldn't eat so much? No? Okay. Oh, the politics anyone? of anyone? envy. Anyone? <laughs> Thank you. The politics of any of envy is yeah. very the the I'm whole sorry. idea tax the rich, the wealth tax, all of that. It's about the politics of envy. It's about preying on the emotions of people who have not realized the success that's available to them in America. Okay. Let's also, you know, Ben, you know, you, you, sorry for saying that, uh, but uh, you bring up something that's quite often the, the left really figured out a way how to control many parts of this country. And one of them is you often talk about is making it a racialized nation. So what we're witnessing is when you look at the, uh, other than Jack Smith, everybody going after Trump, they all have one thing in common. They're all black. And the act, the, 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 the venom and the hatred that they have towards this man is, is not steeped in something that's five years old. 
It's 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 something that's just I I don't get you. You're a prosecutor. You're a, a head prosecutor. You have you have this country has afforded you things no other country ever would have or could have. Name me a country, and the hatred, Ben, and the racialization that we are living in is that I love that term that you always talk about is a is a huge is a huge issue. I don't see an answer for that either, Ben. Uh, envy, obviously, is a basic part of human nature, uh, and uh, so, so that's a really serious, gigantic, super problem. But uh, there's also love of God, uh, humility. There's a desire to humble oneself before one's God. So those, uh, so those things are not, uh, if I may say so, are not. Uh, necessarily going to uh, be forever elusive in terms of our ability to understand them. Uh, maybe, we, maybe, we, maybe we will be able to understand where they come from. There does, my wife, the world's, she doesn't like me to talk about her that much, but she's the world's most wonderful person. And she thinks that envy is genetic and that envy of the Jews is so deep that it's genetic. And I think there's something to that. But, uh, that's a, a terrifying situation. And I think this is something really, really interesting about Donald Trump, which is uh, I disagree with him very strongly about certain things he's doing now. But I am also amazed that this is a politician who, as far as I'm concerned, has very little envy. I just don't see much envy in them. I know when my father worked for Mr. Nixon, he worked under a uh, a very, very, very talented, brilliant, super brilliant economist, uh, Paul McCracken, and uh, he's a Midwesterner. I, I don't know if any of you know him, but he was a very, very brilliant economist. And my father said he was the only person he'd ever met who had absolutely no envy in him at all. And uh, he, and my father pointed out how incredibly rare that is. I don't see much envy in Mr. Trump. That is, I, I don't see him saying... Uh, Gee, look at uh, there's uh, such and such. He has a better looking girlfriend than I do. Well, of course, nobody's going to have a better looking wife than he does. But uh, I don't see much envy in him. I think that by itself upsets some people. I think you're right, Peter. I I do think that there are people out there who feel comfortable making things up about Trump that are not true. Um, they're I don't. Very, they're, they're not just comfortable. They love it. I, I, but I, I, I'm talking about about on on this on this level of of subject. Um, I don't think he's racist. I don't think he's anti-Semitic. Um, oh my God! I, calling him anti-Semitic. I've heard all these things about Trump. Um, I don't think he's anti-LGBT. However, many other letters follow afterwards. No offense to anyone. Donald Trump, by the um, way, is surrounded by more Jews than B'nai B'rith. Okay, like, 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 like come on. But that's my <laughs> point. But, but people just make this up to make him out to be a bad guy to make them their image of of what they think a bad guy is. Um, is he perfect? No, of course not. He's a flawed human being, just like the rest of us and everybody who's watching and everybody who's not watching, which is the sum total of the people on the planet. But I think he wants to do the right thing as he sees it. 
I think he deserves a little bit more respect than he gets. Um, and I think that, 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 you know, because t Trump for so many people, whether it's the books or the board games or the casinos or the office towers or the condos or the TV show or the presidency represents the kind of, of, of ostentatious success that lots of people aspire to, that few people can achieve. And it makes him a target, sort of sort of like the oh, farmer yeah. is the target of the pigs and animal farm. And then, of course, we know what happens when they run off the farmer. Yeah, nothing good, nothing good at all. But, good. I, th but, I, but I think it's a kind of interesting fact about both uh, Nixon and uh, Trump they didn't have much envy in them. They had a lot of construction, constructive power, but not much power for tearing things down. And that's a really unusual trait in us human beings. As my sister says, your basic human is not such a hot item. And uh, I know that uh, I'm, I belong to an organization, a 12-step group, that uh, has a lot to say about envy, and uh, we don't like it. And we think that it leads to drug abuse and alcohol abuse. And uh, I I think it would be an amazing thing to have a president who didn't have much envy. The last president that I ever heard about who did not have much envy, I think, was Dwight Eisenhower. I mean, uh, Nixon, too. He had some envy, but not not a lot. But uh, Dwight Eisenhower, I think, had no envy at all. And uh, that's a, a really remarkable trait in a public figure. But let's, let, if we can, let's go on to something else, if, I, if we may. Back to the housing thing, if we may. Owning a house is a great, wonderful thing, except it's really, really a lot of trouble to keep up a house. It's really, really a lot of trouble to convert a house into liquid assets. I believe me, I've been through that trouble quite a lot. And uh, it's real, really, really aggravating. Uh, there's uh, People don't seem to realize there are trade-offs in life. Uh, I know for my own little self, my own ancient, pathetic, plodding along self, that uh, an awful lot of life is aggravation and hard work and makes you fucking crazy, pardon my speech. Uh, that's uh, unfortunately the, the nature of life. The nature of life is that it's not a picnic. But I think Mr. Nixon knew that because Mr. Nixon grew up under difficult circumstances. And I think Mr. Trump knows it because although he grew up in con very considerable affluence, he he knew that you got that by working, by working, by working, by working, by working. I don't think today's uh, young people or today's middle-aged people understand that. I think we lost Peter for a second. No, um, he'll be back wagging his tail behind him. Right, there, there we got we got Peter back. And, uh, you know, Ben, you're bringing up a really good you're you're bringing up a you're really good point. Really good point. And Peter, we got yeah. that thing with your thing again, giving the echo. Uh the uh, the echo man, echo and the bunny man. Uh but Ben, I wanna you, you talk about envy, and I I think it's really important to 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 realize you're right about the president thing, because I always brought this up, uh, this hatred that BB, I mean that Obama had for BB. And it, absolute hatred. And obviously, one component is the Jew hatred. But the other thing was, BB went to MIT. You can't fake that like Obama did with Harvard. 
He was in Colombia. Well, well, I'm sorry. Be, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, are you talking about college or law school? Did Obama go to both Harvard College? I, I don't think Obama went no, to Harvard Columbia. College. I could have sworn. I know. So to Columbia, I could have sworn he wrote a paper for Harvard, but I could be wrong. And it he, was for law school. That was the great joke. It was a paper for law school. Okay, so he went to Harvard. Supposed to be so very right. serious. Supposed so to be he, very serious with lots of citations. Instead, he wrote a made-up thing about what he think, thinks his father would say to him if he could talk to him. Right. So there's that great image, Peter. Like somebody had put together all the world leaders, and it was Obama on a bicycle. And all the other world leaders <laughs> you funny, know, fighting funny. in battle, and uh, I, I, this, this, uh, I, I bring this up today because the U.S. of course is selling uh, Israel under the bridge again by bringing up this new UN resolution. Uh, it's not immediate, but where they're putting it to play the ceasefire uh, before Israel. Wait, 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 wait! Somehow, I completely, hundred percent missed that, and I feel very stupid for that. So the U.S. has voted for putting into place. No, 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 no. They vetoed uh, one bill brought by all the other crazies, but they brought their own bill, which uh, is basically calling for a ceasefire. That it, it's it's so they don't go into Rafa and forget for people in Rafa. That's the uh, it's the closest. It's where the crossing is to Egypt. Of course, where the Egyptians have closed it off because they don't want any of the Gazans. So it's basically they're putting it up there. So uh, it's basically a threat to Israel. This is our ally threatening Israel to not go in and uh, try to save their own their own country, which are so close to eliminating Hamas by many uh, uh, people. Peter, go on. Speak. I'm feeling, no, I, I, not I, feeling well I, in, your, I was in their country. To you. I didn't have anything to add at the moment. OK, well, let me say this, if I may. Let me say this. Let's let's please say this, if we may. I'm not a big fan of Mr. Obama. God bless him for the achievements he has had and made in his life. Uh, but uh, I think it's very, very hard being a black person in the world. Uh, there's so much anger and hatred towards black people and envy of them. He's done phenomenally well in those circumstances. But I don't like him be because he's very, to me, I think he's quite anti-Israel. But... He has really been a good friend to Israel anyway, and there's no other country in the world that has been even close to as good to us Jews as the United States of America. And it sometimes breaks my heart when I hear people criticizing America for not being good enough to the Jews. To my humble way of thinking, America has been incredibly good to the Jews. No other country's done even close to as good things for the Jews as America. And let's uh, let's be really, really thankful to God that there is an America. It's just, it's a miracle. America by itself is a miracle. It's got problems, but America by itself is a miracle. Oh, I, I agree entirely. And think of it this way. People who love freedom, people who need a place to go, have America to come to. What happens if America goes away? That is the horror show of horror shows. People don't understand that. You're right. People don't understand. You ask Ben why people hate America, people around the world, why those people hate America. That's one of the reasons, because they know we're a safe harbor for everybody who's trying to escape a, a, a 
the next Hitler, the next Stalin, the next the next Idi Amin, the next petty tin pot dictator who rolls along and and tries to remake a country and its people in their own image. As long as we're here, there's hope. There's hope. That's right. Oh, that's that is Peter. That's brilliant. That's genuinely brilliant. As long as there is America, all the evil and wickedness of Americans, I beg your pardon, of humans, can be forgiven and can be understood because there is America, which America is built upon the best of humanity, not the worst. Well said, both of you. And uh, I just want to bring up something extremely important. Uh, and I bring this up often. We don't know what people are going through in their lives and their personal lives. We 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 don't oftentimes. So we, we, there's a fine line between prying and whatever that may be. And uh, Peter is a really good guy, and uh, he said uh, <laughs> he. Uh, I was having a rough day yesterday, the day, but a lot of rough days uh, with my health. And uh, Peter had sent me a box of uh, of uh, lemonade. Uh, cookies from uh the girl scouts and I, I i have no idea why he did it but i gotta tell you peter put a smile on my face oh, that good. little box of 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 lemon uh lemon uh whatever type of cookies uh really put a smile on my face and i know you said to ben and you said ben it's a very it's those little things that mean the world to people that people have stopped doing and I don't Some know why. Oh, well, sorry. Some people have stopped. Some people, quite a few people have stopped uh, going that extra, that extra uh, uh, thing. And I think I, I just bet. I just think it's something that's very important. You do it in your life all the time with people that you love and care about. You go the extra distance. And aside from my parents, Ben was on the phone with me today quite a few times, checking in on my health, just knowing what I go through in my head with this stuff. And uh, you got to find those people. I think it's very important. I think it's very important to reach out to people that are, that, that, that might be struggling. Don't wait till after. Get to it right away. Very good. Just, very good. Very good. I'm sorry, practice go random acts of kindness. Very good. Well, I, I think at this like, point I better really go. Makes, but, cheerfulness but, and random kindness really makes evil people unhappy. I like that. And, uh, I like it too. Are you okay, Ben? And uh, I'm fine. And I, 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 but I think it's time for me to start preparing dinner for big wifey. Yes. And uh, she's really extremely, extremely slender, but uh, we call her big wifey. We've just yeah. gotten in the habit of doing that. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, okay. On that note, I want to wish my mother a happy belated birthday. Uh, I want to thank happy birthday. birthday. Yes, Francis Friedman. I want to thank the Rubblers, the Ranters, and everybody. Uh, I want to thank you all, and I want to thank everybody. Uh, uh, I don't know what somebody just said, but uh, I want to thank everybody, and thank you for again for helping us with the rankings and the reviews and all that stuff. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Peter Roth, for being a good friend and a great friend to the show and a great friend. So thank, thank you. you very much, Peter. And of course, uh, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, icon, iconoclast, but most of all, an awesome human being. And uh, for the bottom of my heart, I mean that. I want to just thank all of you that follow us. It means the world to us. So thank you. And God bless you all, Ben. You do the God bless. I guess I, I like what you do it better than me. God bless the United States of America.
God bless Israel. God bless the United Kingdom. God bless Ukraine. And God bless every single person who operates throughout the day in love. I like that. God bless you all. God willing, we'll see everybody on Thursday night. And Peter, again, thank you for the last minute. Thank you. Have a good night. Everybody. That was a really good one, Peter, about as long as there's America, there's hope. That's really good. Yeah, perfect. God bless you. God bless you.